Welcome to the Mountain Park Church Podcast. We're excited to share this week's message with you. Our mission is to allow God to work in and through us, and we'd love to hear your story of how God has been working in or through you. Email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in and through you. If you have your Bible, you can open it. I'm just going to read a couple of verses and Um, A lot of this is found in the Old Testament, in the book of 1 Chronicles, actually, which is the kind of tracking through the life of King David and Saul. But 1 Chronicles 20, starting in verse 4. So David had inherited the kingdom of Israel, and he had been patient in waiting for God to work ahead of him and to do powerful things ahead of him. Many times David had a chance to take the kingdom by force and to actually subvert the plans of God, but God had given him the wisdom to back down and allow God to to work and to move around David. But now David has the kingdom of God and God is giving him favor in having victory over the enemies that had been oppressing Israel for generations. God was giving David favor to win battles that nobody else could win. And this is what it says in 1 Chronicles 20 verse 4. After this war broke out with the Philistines at Gezer, as they fought... Sibekai from Husha killed Saph, a descendant of the giants. And so the Philistines were subdued during another battle with the Philistines. Elhanan, son of Jer, killed Lami, the brother of Goliath of Gath. The handle of Lamli's spear was as thick as a weaver's beam. In another battle with the Philistines at Gath, They conquered a huge man with six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, 24 in all, who was also a descendant of the giants. But when he defied and taunted Israel, he was killed by Jonathan, the son of David's brother, Shemaiah. The Philistines were descendants of the giants of Gath, but David and his warriors killed them. I just really believed this morning as I was reading that I was, as I was asking the Holy Spirit to just speak to me this morning, I had no idea that I was going to share this in church, but I just really believed that he was pointing a few things out to me about this. David was the first of the Israelites who was willing to confront the giants that opposed them. But David knew that he wasn't going to win the battle by confronting Goliath with strength or with power. He knew that wearing Saul's armor and carrying the king's sword wasn't going to help him. David knew that everything in the physical realm is preceded by things in the spiritual realm. And so when, when Goliath taunted Israel, when he called them out into battle... All of Israel was terrified. They were paralyzed with fear. For 40 days, Goliath called them out every day. And for 40 days, they sat across the other side of the valley in fear, immobilized, not able to move. And here this little boy, David, 
who has spent time with God in the wilderness as he's been tending his father's sheep, as he's been faithful in the day in and the day out, faithful with the mundane, faithful to pursue the presence of God. He comes to this situation, but David's not looking at it from a human perspective. He sees what everybody else sees as a giant, as small compared to the might and the power of God. When David approaches Goliath, Goliath hurls insults at him. He taunts him. He ridicules him. But David doesn't respond to him out of his strength. He says, you come not against me, but against the Lord of heaven's armies. Goliath, you may be big on this earth. You may be three times my size. But you're not fighting me and I'm not fighting you. You're coming against God and all of his power and all of his might. And David establishes victory in the spiritual realm before he establishes it in the physical realm. What I love about the passage we just read is it mentioned that David's nephew, whose father was one of the ones paralyzed with fear on the front lines of battle, his nephew becomes a giant killer because David was willing to stand up and fight the spiritual battles in his own bloodline that needed to be fought. He was willing to stand in authority. He was willing to cut off the spiritual attacks and assignments of the enemy through generations in his family line. He was willing to pay a price so that the next generation could be giant killers too. Oh, so often we say of, you know, our kids and our grandkids, these are the next giant killers. These are the next ones who are going to, you know, do great things on the earth. But I just believe God this morning is saying, look, Your kids and your families aren't going to be giant killers unless you're a giant killer. Unless you stand up and begin to confront sin in your life. Unless you stand up and confront habitual sin and the things that have been dragging you down. Unless you confront the things that have been happening in your family line for generations. Oh, God wants the next generation to be giant killers. But it's not going to happen because you put it on a postcard and mail it out to everyone. It's going to happen when you and I get on our knees and we understand that the spiritual precedes the physical. We understand that we go to war in the spirit before we go to war on this earth. God is calling us to reclaim, to reclaim spiritual authority in our families, and in our homes, and on this earth, we'll never see revival in our homes and in Niagara until we are the ones who get on our knees and say, enough is enough. Enough is enough. The enemy's been robbing and stealing and killing and destroying for too long. But he's not coming against me and against my family. He's opposing the purposes and the plans of God. When the enemy comes against you, he really doesn't even care about you. What he cares about 
is your ability to recognize your calling and the vision that God has given you in your life. He's opposing the purposes and plans of God over you. We're just useless pawns to him in this struggle. But he knows if you get a glimpse of who God is, and if you get a glimpse of who you are in Christ, that he has given you authority to trample on the enemy. He's given you authority to step on the neck of the enemy and defeat the things that have been bringing you under subjugation for so long. I feel like the question this morning, it's not for the next generation. It's for us. We're the Davids. We're the Davids of this generation, and God is saying, are you willing to walk in intimacy with me? Are you willing to make my presence a priority in your life? Are you willing to make, you know, reading your Bible and, and coming to me in prayer a priority in your day? Are you willing to learn from me and to receive from me? Are you willing to understand how I've made you so fearfully and wonderfully? Are you willing to understand that you're a royal priesthood and a holy nation? Are you willing to understand that your weakness is made perfect through the strength of God? He's not asking you to come as a mighty warrior. He's not asking you to fight giant to giant. He's asking you to bring your weakness, to bring your dependency, to bring everything, to cast your cares on him and say, oh God, that you would come on my behalf, that you would work in my family. It takes a few things. Number one, it takes repentance. We don't use that word often because it's not really a normal English word in that sense, but repentance, acknowledging our sin before God. Acknowledging that in our families, in our bloodlines, there's been sin and there's been rejection of God. Repenting and saying, God, I come to you and I ask for your forgiveness. That you would wash me new, Jesus, with the blood that you shed on the cross, that, that you would do something new in me. God, I acknowledge that I need you. I acknowledge that. The second thing we need to do is after we repent, we need to renounce. You know, there's a difference between talking to God and talking for God. He's given us the ability to do both. And he's asking you and I in order to walk in authority on this earth to make that transition between talking to him and speaking for him. When we renounce things, we renounce the enemy's activity in our life. We're speaking on behalf of God and declaring the truth of God over our situation. It's not just a thing that pastors do. He's invited you and I to do that every day. I do that every day over and over and over again. I renounce the influence and effect of the enemy of God over my life. Any assignments that he has, any plans or tactics that he has. I take authority over them in the name of Jesus and I command them to be canceled. Anything that opposes God in my life, I command it to go to the feet of Jesus. So he's called us 
to repent and renounce. He's invited us to renew ourselves with Jesus, to clothe ourselves in our armor every day. If you're like me, your heart is for your family and your kids and your grandkids, your spouses and your friends to walk in victory and authority. If you're like me, your heart is that the damage and destruction of the past would be cut off and a new history would begin. If you're like me, you're sick and tired of feeling like you're getting kicked around by the enemy by our foolish decisions and the things that just turn us away from God. And so this morning, it's really simple. In order for the next generation to become giant killers, they have to learn how to do it from us. I don't know if David's nephew was there on the battlefield or if he just heard the stories But either way, it was enough for him to know that somebody in my family already did this. Somebody in my family already opposed a giant. We need to know that it's enough that Jesus Christ has already gone before us. That he's defeated the power of sin and death. There is nothing that is not under his control and his power. He's the one that showed us the way. And because he did it, we can do it today. We can do it. The pain and the hurt of our past does not need to be our future. The bondage that we've walked in, he can break wide open. Our kids, our kids, our families, our friends, our streets, our neighborhoods, our cities. He wants them filled with giant killers. And he's asking you and I today, are you willing to go first? Jesus already did it. And all he's inviting us to do is follow him. It may be frightening and overwhelming to you to even think about that. But by his grace and his mercy, he will lead us each step of the way. So let's stand together. I want to just invite you today. I don't know if if something has been stirring in you or if the Holy Spirit has been stirring in you. But maybe just like David had to step out He had to step into that middle of the valley. He had to step into the riverbed, completely making himself vulnerable to the enemy. The reason nobody would move is because they knew the first person down into that dry riverbed was the dead person. (laughs) That riverbed exposed them to complete vulnerability. And sometimes in order to take down the giant, we have to be willing to become vulnerable to walk down into the riverbed and say, God, you're the only one that can deliver me from this point on. I have no plan B. I have no escape route. It's just you. 
We hope that you are challenged and inspired by what you heard today and that you're willing to allow God to work in and through your life in bigger ways this week. We'd love to stay connected with you on social media, facebook.com slash mountainparkchurch and instagram.com slash mountainparkchurch. Finally, if you have a story of how God has been working in and through you, we'd love to hear it. Just email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in your life lately.